It's not great, but people seem to be doing the right thing. Uh, streets were empty. There was no one around on my way over to the Smart Start MN Studios here for episode 44 of the Brian Oak Show. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard right there. Sean, how you holding up? I'm doing all right. You came in with a mask and a tape measure, so you're clearly finally taking it seriously enough. Again, four months ago, this would be very weird if I did that. Now you were like, meh. Not really. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you'd walked in like that, I'd be like, that's a funny guy right there. But no, today you were taking it pretty seriously. We, we have tape measured off six feet between ourselves, although I'm going to be honest, I'm a guy with big droplets. You got, you do have large droplets. To say the very least. So you better, you might want to back it up just a little bit oh, more. Right. It is the Brian Oak Show, made possible by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is the original Ig- ignition interlock company here in Minnesota. It means if you drink and drive, and you get busted, which, first of all, if you do drink or drive, you should get busted. But if you do, you can get back to your regular life sooner than you otherwise might have expected. Maybe it's not you. Maybe you're like, I would never drink and drive. But you got that uncle. You got that cousin. You got that nephew. You got that niece. You got that whoever. It happens, right? And so not trying to judge anyone, people do these things. In fact, someone very, very, very close to me, closer to me than I am to myself, May have done that once many, many moons ago. This gets you back on the road, back into your car, back to trying to live at least a vaguely normal life as soon as possible. Does it absolve you of your stupidity? Absolutely not. Does it absolve you of the fines and the penalties that you will pay? No. But does it allow you to continue to work and get to the places you need to get to? The answer is actually yes. I thought for sure you were going to pull the line out of Raising Arizona with the people that do it often. They got a name for that, high Recidivism. Repeat offender. <laughs> you know, I, here's the thing. I love that movie so much. I'm hot and cold on a lot of Coen brothers. By the way, this thing is going around. Okay, so sorry. Smartstartmn.com. And if people go there and they click on our hyperlink or if they go to the com and click on that link, it's good for us and for them. Yep. If they go to smart. Sh- uh, whoa. If whoa. they go to smart. Smart what? Smart. Hmm? Smart start MN. Let's just start the show over. I don't think so. I like swear words. Smart start MN.com slash the Brian Oak show. They get 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Fantastic news. Love to hear about that. Um, I love the Coen brothers, except for a handful of movies, but lately there's been a thing going around. Um, by the way, happy COVID-19 day, everybody. I mean, it's not officially like it wasn't like a governor's declaration, but Every day is COVID-19. It really is, yeah. We'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, There's a thing going around right now, like 10 things that you hate that everyone else loves. And I don't really hate anything. Hate take much like they say about smiling versus frowning, it takes like 32 muscles to frown and only four muscles to smile. Um, I'm I'm tired. I'm going to be honest. I'm tired. Um, I didn't sleep well last night, and I know you didn't either. Um. But there's a thing going around, and the number of people who are like, this movie, that movie, this liquor, that food, this thing, I foolishly jumped on board and inspired a wave of trolls to come on board. Look, mayonnaise sucks, and so does the who. What do you think about that? (laughs) I like uh, Miracle Whip. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I thought we were going to be able to work together. Uh, but uh, some, some Coen Brothers movies came up, and Raising Arizona is a brilliant movie. Now, it's no Big Lebowski, but the number of people who've been like, I don't see what the big appeal is to the Big Lebowski. Well, I don't want to lose any Patreon supporters, so I'm not going to say what I wanted to say. But it's um, 
it's a brilliant movie, but so is Raising Arizona. I just realized I haven't seen Raising Arizona in more than 20 years. I have to go back and watch it. I watched it a week ago for the first time in five years. I I mean, it's been a really, and I love the movie. It's just, I don't own it and it doesn't pop up ever on cable. Is it on Netflix? Where can I find it? Um, they had it on stars right now for some reason. Okay, I have yeah. stars. Um, yeah. So let me ask you one quick question before we talk about Adam Schlesinger and get to the first of our two guests today. We're continuing the Checking In series here on The Brian Oak Show where we are checking in with musicians, service people, everybody who is locked down in a cage right now like we all are except for Sean and I, although Sean did actually, he's got a literal death mask on his face. Not quite a plague doctor mask. It's like a vulture mask, but he did come in with a, um, a tape measure. Are you sure we're still six feet apart? I think it's no, it's about five feet. I told you I got the, (laughs) told you I got those big droplets. Um, are you, are you, I mean, like, I know that you're still working as a realtor. Are you, yes. are, are you binge watching anything? Are you doing anything? No, I'm not. I'm trying not to watch a lot of TV. Um, I know that you find them somewhat irritating, but I did pick up the ukulele and I'm getting lessons from our own Katie Vernon. I don't think the ukulele itself is irritating. I think that, and don't take this the wrong way because Katie's wonderful at it. I'm certain that you are too. I find people who are ukulele forward. <laughs> Are a very a very specific breed. Yes, uh, I remember one time I was taking my daughter to her electric guitar lessons at Twin Town Guitar in Uptown, right there on what thirty third and Lindale, thirty fourth and Lindale, thirty fourth and Lindale. Thank you. Um, I remember standing around there waiting for her to be done with her lesson one time, flipping through the guitar books. I'm like, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool, and then I picked up a book that said Metallica on ukulele. Oh no, yeah. I'm like, wait, here's the deal, man. I mean, like, play what you want. I I really don't ever want to stifle anyone's artistic expression. But no song <laughs> off Kill Them All or Kill Them All should be on played on the ukulele. That's no. not, this is about death and destruction and dying and sadness and harrowing awfulness. And uh, the ukulele makes me feel like I'm like, gosh, I wish I had. Was that a luau right now? Hmm. Mm. Anyway, uh, so you're not binging anything. I'm not really either, but I did find that new show. Did I mention it already? Dark. The German Stranger Things for adults. No. It's a German TV series that I found that I still don't know what the f*** is going on. It's called Dark? It's called Dark. Okay. Which, I mean, hey, pretty easy to tell what you're getting (laughs) into for sure. Yeah. Hey, speaking of dark, um, we're all in lockdown. We're all looking for things to do. We're all trying to not strangle somebody else who's in the same house that we live in. It's it's a difficult time. We're actually all trying to stay alive. And for those of you who have lost someone or know someone who's suffering right now, I'm not trying to make light of it. I understand how serious this is. The only thing I leave the house for is to come to this studio, which Sean and I wipe down with cheese sauce just to make sure it's safe on the regular. And... um. <laughs> It's uh, it's 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 a scary time. And on Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, I believe it was, you know, we heard that Bill Withers died, and we talked to Julius about that on episode forty-three. Adam Schlesinger, who was only fifty-two oh. years old, man, I'm going to be fifty-two in less than a month and a half, and you know, I don't know if he had any pre-existing conditions. I don't know what his deal was, but Adam Schlesinger died, and we're going to talk more about that a little later on the show with our second guest, Billy Morissette, because he picked a really cool side project that Adam's involved with, with none other than Cheap Tricks former drummer Bun E. Carlos called Tinted Windows. 
But somebody 52, I mean, here's the thing. This is why flattening the curve is important. This is why doing the right thing is important. This is why as much as it may suck for you every damn day to be stuck at home, you got to stay home. We can't be around each other right now. Don't get me wrong. I like you people. Just kidding. I prefer staying at home. The problem is all the other people in my house are also staying at home right now. Yes. And it's aggressive. So um, <laughs> it is aggressive. But but you know what's more aggressive than being at home with people who drive you crazy? Dying. Being on a ventilator. Don't do it. And again, I'm not making light of it. Adam Schlesinger, we're, again, we are going to talk about more, more later, but you know, founding member of Fountains of Wayne, member of the British, or the, pardon me, the New York Trio Ivy with Dominique Duran and mm. Adam Chase. Member of Tinted Windows. He's literally, he's been nominated for everything in the EGOT category. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Wow. An, an impossibly good songwriter, producer. He's the bass player in the band we're about to hear. But damn. And um, back in the 90s, they put out a record called Utopia Parkway. Fountains of Wayne, that is. And yes, Chris Collingwood, the lead singer, is is an amazing, amazing singer-songwriter. He's a pop genius, but without this guy as his right-hand man, this band doesn't do the things they do. Yes, they put out Stacy's Mom, and that's really the song that most people yeah. actually know, but Utopia Parkway is the perfect soundtrack for a teenage heartbroken summer, and this particular track is one of my all-time favorites. It must be
Fountains of Wayne from Utopia Parkway. That song is called It Must Be Summer. And, you know, it's a fun little toe tapper. It's a <laughs> poppy, amazing piece. But if you listen to it closely, like put on your big chonky earphones and listen closely those background vocals the way that they do the acoustic breakdown and the, the drum and guitars come galloping back in like thundering it's it's amazing and without adam schlesinger that doesn't happen and we just lost him Whew. yeah that one uh ha I'm fine. Everything's fine. Uh, that one hit me hard earlier this week. Um, yeah, I saw that. 52 years old, man. Like, it's not okay. So sit at home. I know it sucks at home, and you can only watch so much Good Morning America and the farmer's wife, whatever the hell's on television. I hate all television. I thought I liked television, but after losing my regular day gig back in August, I've learned that television, even good, well-produced television, sucks it's just it's not the same thing so reading is fun uh i haven't tried needlepoint but i understand needlepoint is fun um also kicking yourself in the butt which you think like how could i do that but it's actually easier than you think um what we're going to talk about coming out of that song um my little real estate gig that i have oh you have a real estate gig yeah yeah. Well, wait a minute. That's Sean Bernard. What, what yeah. do you mean? Like, like you sell houses and I plots do. of land and things? I help buy and sell and huh. do that sort of thing. What, what's that like? Well, I mean, I talk to people and sometimes we email and text. But no, we, no, no, no. Nobody cares about talking and texting. I mean, like, like actually purchasing a piece of property yeah. so that you're not somebody's bee anymore. Yeah. I mean, well, you are still, but, but I mean, it's better than it was before. It is. We actually do all this research first, I do, and then look up like the houses in the neighborhood and the what the competition uh, sold for, you know, all the comparables in the neighborhood. And then we hopefully make a really good decision and help people buy the house that they're going to stay in for 5, 10, 15 years or more. If, so. if I'm honest, you know, I talk about hating television, but I lay there praying for death on the couch on the regular and watch all this television. And I see a lot of commercials for these apps who are like, find the best people in your neighborhood. Find this kind of thing. Find that kind of thing. Why is that a dumb way to go? To find... Realtors. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I think you got to go with somebody that you trust. Yeah. Somebody that you that you know is not just after a quick buck. And like anything else in society, I don't care if it's buying a car or anything else, you need somebody that you can trust that you know... Trust is such a funny, silly word because people are out there misusing it all the time. That's um, true. Um, but ultimately, it's somebody that will actually do the work, that will pick up the phone when you call them, that will call you to check in, um, and and really help you make an educated decision. I have a client right now that thought he wanted to build a house in this climate, mm-hmm. and we sat through a meeting uh, yesterday morning. And totally changed his mind and decided, nope, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go through that. And, you know, would I have made more money had he built the house? Yes, but I don't care. I'd rather see his peace of mind happen. And uh, he's a really good guy, and I just want to see him get into the right place. So what you've told me is that you're not one of those people who will say, I've got a great piece of land in Florida for you or a bridge that I'd like to sell you. No, I just, uh, I the way I was raised was not all about money. I grew up grew up broke. And so for me, money means something and I don't take it for granted and I don't take other people's money for granted. So I just try to try to help them in any way that I can and help guide them. But ultimately it's their decision. And I just try to help them make the best possible decision by doing as much homework for them as I possibly can. 
So we live in a very uncertain time, but people still need to move. Some people are in a position to buy a home, and now is not a terrible time with interest rates plummeting. And some people are looking like, well, you know what? I can't afford this house anymore. I got to go. How do they get a hold of Sean Bernard? 612-859-2594. You can call or text, or you can go to Sean Bernard at EdinaRealty.com. A portion of the sales go to the Warming House, which is a nonprofit, which is taking in the shorts right now because you can't curbside to go uh, live local music. So a portion of my sales goes to them and I give every member a one year, uh, uh, every customer a one year membership for two to the warming house to friends, to help my friends, John, Brianna and Greg over there that are really hurting right now. Speaking of taking it in the shorts, a little later on, we are going to check in with Billy Morris. Oh. Not only in normal, I hate him not being here because he brings, Liquor that is so strong that it's, well, as it says on that bottle that he left for us last time, not for normal humans, but you got this. Um, we're going to check in with him just to see, because he, but he's also a server. He is a bartender at both Dark Horse in St. Paul and Muddy Waters in Uptown, which both are, let's say, truncated, just to be diplomatic <laughs> right now. We're going to check in with him just ahead, but right now we're going to check in with Molly Mayer. Molly Mayer, as I mentioned, we are talking to right now, longtime Minnesota musician, but also curator, booker. Um, I don't know uh, the the I don't know what you I don't know what the right word is. Molly, first of all, hello. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm very well. Okay, and but what what's like the the dream word like that if if. If I could describe what you do at the Como Lakeside Pavilion, how would you like to be, not on a, you know, not, no humility, not on a business card, how would you like to be described? Uh, I, I go with curator with any of the, any of the rooms that I book. I'd like to say curator. Very good. Well, okay. Let's, so let's say, first of all, it's lovely to talk to you. And this whole series we're doing right now on The Brian Oak Show is about checking in because so many people's lives have been impacted so deeply, which is why it's all phoners, which I hate. I would so much rather have you here in person. And someday on the other side of this, you will please come in and do this in person. But you are the person who books all the entertainment or until very recently booked all the entertainment at the Como Lakeside Pavilion, which I had not been to ever until just a few short years ago the last time you and I saw each other and I was stunned at what a gorgeous gorgeous venue it is you booked the bands there and it's a it's a lovely place which I, it's a bummer because social distancing being the the norm these days that would be an easy place to social distance but sadly we're not allowed to gather in public anymore where, where else do you book uh, music I also um, am a curator at uh, the hook and ladder theater which we our, uh, our, our very first Patreon show ever was at the Hook and Ladder in the uh, relatively new Mission Room. Yeah, yeah. The Mission Room opened last May, and um, I think I was out of town when you all did um, your podcast there. I was sorry to have missed it. Well, that's just fine. So you, you, I mean, so here's the weird thing. What I really, would really love about you being a curator and love about you being a booker is that. I think a musician, someone like you who's been a working musician and is a working musician, I think you have a unique perspective on what it means to musicians. And the great thing about the hook and ladder that Sean and I love so much is it is a nonprofit space. It's a place that really cares about the music, isn't just trying to make a buck. And also, finally, 
serves brown liquor. Now, Sean doesn't care about that part, but I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so how, do, I mean, when you, so let's back up. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I have too many questions in my head right now and too many questions in front of me. Molly, where did you grow up? I grew up in the lovely city of St. Paul. St. Paul. Oh, are you an East Sider? No, West Sider. Okay. Whoa, you don't say. Well, mm-hmm. I just, I asked because when we first kicked this show off, you know, this is episode, what, 44? 44, Sean? When we first kicked this show off, it seemed like seven of the first eight guests we had on were all like <laughs> died in the wool, punch you in the mouth, St. Paul East Siders. So you grew up in St. Paul, so you are a lifelong Minnesotan. I am. I lived in uh, the high desert of Oregon for... Um, for a number of years, uh, trying to do the self-sufficient living deal um, in the early 90s. But then when Jerry Garcia died, I cut my dreads, shaved my legs, and moved back to St. Paul. <laughs> okay, now suddenly th- this entire interview is about to change, and I'm still going to try to keep it to 20 minutes. Cause I, was, I was born in Oregon. My parents moved here when I was about three, so I have no recollection of Oregon. But I've been out to Lincoln City on the coast in Oregon no less than 30 times like the Oregon coast is actually my favorite spot on planet earth I've gone there as often Mm -hmm. as I possibly can what's more interesting to me having met you a few times and having listened to a lot of your music is I had no idea you were that deep in that you were chasing the Grateful Dead train that hard back in the day that so the Grateful Dead's your jam yeah yeah definitely um from the time I was uh I think first time I really heard them was like a 16 maybe and then probably hit my first dead show at the dome like most of the people that I know and wait wait um, was that the one where uh, Tom Petty and Bob Dylan were the headliners I was there I was there yes exactly exactly um so I uh moved out to uh, a Quonset hut or sort of an underground house in 1991 and my uh, boyfriend at the time and I built a greenhouse and just tried to yeah, live self-sufficiently. And then I was making candles and then I would travel around and go to dead shows and set up on shakedown and, um, and then go back and yeah. now for people for people who don't know what shakedown is uh i so i'm not i'm not a huge dead guy but i for about a year and a half i lived with four deadheads and mm-hmm. i like you know here's the thing about the dead for me love the drugs Loved the pretty hippie girls. Loved the mm-hmm. the, bene- the benevolent vibe of everything that was going down. I just wish I liked the music better. But Shakedown is sort of the merchant's alley, right? I mean, like that's sort of yep. the the fanfare where people are selling everything from tie dyed t shirts to some sketchy dude from San Diego pulling you around <laughs> behind uh, uh, you know a caravan or Winnebago saying, "Hey man, I got liquid acid right here, two bucks and um, nitrous." Yeah, yeah. Oh, all of it. And so, and, and so, and, but not everyone knows what Shakedown is, but I've, I've been adjacent to Shakedown. And I remember, um, Molly, do you know what being puddled is? No. Uh-uh. Okay. So, uh, that one guy who offered us, me and my friend Jason, uh, liquid acid, he, I watched him carefully squeeze out one drop on my friend Jason's tongue, but my friend Jason looked a little more dead. Uh, adjacent than I was, and I apparently was a little more square. Being puddled is when somebody squeezes half the bottle into your mouth, and um, uh, I'm not sure I've ever been yeah. the same after that day. I didn't really mean to talk so much about the Grateful Dead. Um, and again, this was, God, this was 88, 
89, mm-hmm. maybe. It's a long mm-hmm. time ago. So that's a new part of you I've never known about. So let's fast forward a little bit. You come back to Minnesota. Why do you decide to leave your peaceful, futuristic commune in Oregon and come back to Minnesota? Well, uh, meth had made its way out to that area. And this is oh. a very, very rural area. Mm-hmm. And um, just had really become like a plague out there and it just it wasn't a it wasn't a real nurturing environment anymore and I was I had started working at the podium which was a great acoustic shop in Dinkytown I started working there uh in 88 89 and when I moved out west I was still you know learning guitar and I was still connected to the podium and so when I decided I was going to move back, uh, my boyfriend and I had broken up and then I was like, well, it's time for me to go back. And I really wanted to start playing music and get more involved with the guitar. So I came back and uh, just picked up my work at the podium and, and then started pursuing music uh, as a, at a more professional level. You So everybody that I've ever met, and not everybody, but I mean, I've mm-hmm. interviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of musicians Almost everybody starts out with someone else's music. Very few people sit down and are like, I'm going to create something fresh that's never been around before. <laughs> what was the first cover that you felt like you really freaking nailed? Oh, um, I think it was, it was a, a, well, I tried Bobby McGee and then I realized, oh, I'm not Janis Chaplin or Christopherson. <laughs> well, um, and that'll happen. But it really, actually, it was uh, Chris Whitley's uh, phone call from Leavenworth. And I, one of the things when I came back to start and wanted to start focusing on guitar, I started to really focus in on the style of guitar that kind of made my heart beat faster when I would listen to it. And that all, always came back to uh, slide guitar. And uh, Chris Whitley, uh, Big Sky Country had just come out and uh, phone call from Leavenworth was this great slide guitar piece. And uh, that was my first successful um, cover. And then I remember that was the first song I ever played uh, at an open mic. So what year are we talking about here, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, That would be uh, maybe around 97. Okay. All right. Very good. So then you start making music on the regular. And when was the first time you wrote a proper original that you're like, this is a professional grade song. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm not asking you to self-aggrandize. I just, you know, I, I love, I love the stories of musicians. I love the stories of how the progression happens, where they come from, how they're informed. You know, at some point, you wrote a song that you knew was good, good enough that you're like, yeah. this is what I'm going to do. What was that song? It was called "Ghosts of My Town," and um, I was already. It's it's funny because I. Um, the record that I just made has a lot of maybe um, sort of Spanish influences and that song definitely did and I just realized that now it's sort of it's come full circle but um, I mean it's a real bummer of a song and, and I actually just <laughs> was able to stomach listening to it recently but um, that that song definitely and the first time that my full band at the time was able to play our first gig uh bill sullivan gave us a little shot and it was on one of Mason jennings thursday night residencies but for some reason bill had sort of overbooked the night so it was 12 rods um dave zolo from iowa city uh 
myself, and then Mason. And, oh, holy uh, crap, remember, though. Like, if you don't mind my interrupting, yeah. anybody who was accidentally there that <laughs> night obviously caught a face full because, wow, that I mean, that's a good lineup. I, I would go to that show right now if I were allowed to be around <laughs> other people. It was crazy. And I remember playing, like, my, I think it was, like, the first song. And, you know, the 400 for me was... Uh, so important. Um, I used to go to shows there and I was underage and I was always getting kicked out. And uh, (laughs) uh, the bartenders and I would have this sort of cat and mouse game. (laughs) If I'd get kicked out, I would just stand on the sidewalk and try to listen to the bands. But anyway, so I was so excited to be on that stage playing and my strap broke in the middle of the first song. So my guitar dropped, the band kept playing and I picked it up and just with all of my might, squeezed the guitar under my arm and got through my set. <laughs> Molly Mayer is not only the, well, a- again, temporarily in suspension, not suspension. You didn't do anything wrong. Uh, what, what word What word did you use? Furloughed? <laughs> Sorry. Furloughed. Uh, with, with the Como Lakeside Pavilion, which is my the majority of my income for these couple of months, uh, yeah, just yesterday just said, we've got we to gotta put you on hold for a little bit till we figure it out. So for me, this time period and what's happening, I've been training for this my whole life. Like, oh, I don't have money right now. Oh, okay. What am I going to do? How am I going to modify to uh, stay afloat? And one thing that I've learned in my many years as being a musician and uh, production person is uh, live cheaply, keep your overhead low. So uh, no, no sweat there. Molly, this is Sean. I, I was just going to say that I totally agree with you. I think the people that are making it through this okay are the people that kind of had that foundation of whether they were a musician or not, that foundation of I live simply, I don't need a whole lot of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I personally miss people, but I'm kind of an extroverted introvert, so I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing people, but it's not the end of the world to not see them right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Agreed. But but uh, I wanted to also mention, Molly's just got, so I was in Kith and Kin Chorus with uh, with Molly, oh, um, yeah. and we had such a great time with that, a great community choir. I would still love to have Rachel uh, Reese on the show as well. But you have such mm-hmm. a great energy about you. And I'm wondering if that's always been there or if that's something that has kind of changed throughout your life. I think, uh, well, I appreciate that. Um, I am a high functioning, uh, introvert, so I have to recharge a lot. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing guitar retail and music and production for 30 years. So a lot of my life is very social, but then, um, it's very important for me to, find time and ways to reset. Otherwise my depression, which is the biggest uh, other roommate in my uh, tiny house, other than my husband, um, (laughs) the only way I can manage that then is like, okay, what do I have to go back and reset in order for me to hopefully come out and uh, uh, radiate good energy. If, if, if that's the perception. Yes, absolutely. Molly, uh, my question for you is, before we get to this brand new song, I want to hear about the, the the new release, but before we do that, I want to ask you if, you know, because the whole point of this, we've been talking to sponsors, restaurateurs, we've been talking mm-hmm. to local business people, we've been talking to a lot of musicians, in the whole Checking In series is that 
there is a need now more than ever. You know, before it might have felt a little selfish. Now it feels a little more essential. There's a need to take care of our community because we really, it's a pretty great place that we live in. But if we don't Mm -hmm. take care of it now, whether it is your local, you know, taco shop or whether it's your favorite musician, I know you put out a brand new record yesterday. What is the best way that people could help Molly Mayer right now? Oh, um, thank you for asking. Uh, if you go to my website, you can um, purchase uh, my CD. And if you would want to purchase an actual physical copy, um, that would be very beneficial. Um, I love going to the post office. And in fact, right before you called, I was taking time to actually fill out one of those surveys that are at the bottom of all those receipts that we just toss away. Mm-hmm. Um, but cause I want to keep uh, my local post office and the fine folks that work there in business. So ordering a CD is great. And if you do order a physical copy of the CD, you get a free set of Molly Mayer matches. What? I could use matches. I'm still a smoker, which I know is not advisable during COVID-19, but I still do smoke and matches. Here's the thing I've learned about matches. Don't inhale when the sulfur first ignites. Wait till it burns down to the paper and then inhale and then only slightly less carcinogenic. But remember, Um, kids, don't smoke. Oh, don't smoke for sure. And don't do drugs and stay in school. Uh, And Molly Mayer, by the way, for people who may not have heard you, although I find that hard to believe, but if they haven't, Mayer is spelled M-A-H-E-R. Yes? Indeed, yes. All right, Molly, um, that's wonderful. And we are up against the clock because we have another guest coming up here just ahead on the Brian Oak Show, episode 44. So tell me, uh, give me the elevator speech on your brand new release. Uh, brand new release is called Follow. Uh, it was uh, years in the making. and um, Oh, crap. I just ruined the, I, I ruined the elevator speech. I'm sorry. What do you mean years in the making? Like some of these songs go back many, many, many moons? We, it took us years to complete the record. We started it probably six years ago. Um, and with, I don't ask people for money for my records up front. Um, so whenever I would get a little bit of dough, I would go to this amazing crew of folks who helped me put this together and say like, okay, I've got a little bit of dough. Can we go track, uh, a track right now? Or, um, so for me, it just takes, it takes a long time because of funding, but I'm grateful for that time because the song's were able to maybe develop and open up in a way that they weren't able to had we just, you know, rushed through it in a matter of like a week. So tell me about the song we're going to hear right now. And actually, you know, I'm going to let you get us into the song, but Molly, I just want to say thank you. And will you please, if you're able to, when we're all on the other side of this, will you please come in and do this show live and we can spend a full show with you? I would love to. Thank you so much. Thank you, yeah. Molly. Uh, thank you so much, Molly. And I, you know, again, the whole point of the checking in series is it's not easy for oof, anybody. But uh, yeah, uh, we're going to do it, right? We're going to get through it. Absolutely. I'd say just uh, turn off the news and listen to the birds. Oh, my God. Tell me about this song. Did you say the birds like the B-Y-R-D-S birds? <laughs> no. <laughs> But no, like the, the actual, oh, actual yeah. birds. The winged yeah. creatures. Oh, the problem is the only one outside my house right now is a woodpecker, and he, he starts hey. at like 5.30 in the morning. No, oh. I'm, I'm cool with the woodpecker. And I, as a yeah. camper and a lifelong Boundary Waters visitor, I'm cool with the birds. But that would, And he's not even working on a tree. He's working on a light post. Stop it, you giant, well, pileated me, piece my, of crap. 
for me, you know, I've been doing guitar retail, like I said, for 30 years. And thankfully, the last 20 some years at Willie's American Guitars. But I've burnt out. And what I tell everybody is that I just need to spend time hearing actual Blackbirds versus people mangling Blackbird, the song, five times a day. <laughs> that is brilliant That's that you say that. To because I can't remember her name, but there was a young up-and-coming singer-songwriter who came into Studio C back when I worked at Cities 97, and she tried to start that song eight times, and she looked at me at one point, and she's like, you know what? Everyone thinks these Beatles songs are so simple. They're like the worst jigsaw puzzle you've ever put together. Like, they're impossible. But she she didn't stop trying. Anyway, Molly... yeah, leave it for the Beatles. <laughs> right? Thank you. It, it already happened once. We were good there. I, I think we're set. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, tell me about this song of yours we're going to play. Uh, the song is called Django, and um, the instrument that I'm playing on it is a yarana. I'm sorry? Um, which, uh, what did you call me? A, a yarana. It's spelled J-A-R-A-N-A. Uh, it was an instrument for, out of Veracruz, and... Um, Louis Perez from Los Lobos had lent the instrument to me for uh, a a few months. And so this little melody came from it. And it's got Eric Koskinen, uh, James Anton, J.T. Bates, and James Tyler uh, O'Neill playing uh, on it. And uh, yeah, it's, I think, the first take of the first song of of the whole session that we started that lasted six years. That's a long session. Last question, mm-hmm. and then I really will let you go because we are way up against the <laughs> clock, more than. I've been told that I look identical to J.T. Bates. I've only met him twice, and I'm afraid it's true. Your thoughts? I would say you definitely, there's some genetic uh, uh, similarities in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I would say it's a high compliment for Mo- both of you. Uh, Molly, uh, we're going to listen to your song, Django. The new release, by the way, if people could buy the physical copy as opposed to streaming it, they can help benefit you during this difficult time, and you can do that at mollymayer.com. And Molly, thank you so much. I can't wait to have you into the Smart Start MN Studios. I look forward to it. Thanks for taking the time to check in. <laughs>
called Django. Not with a D in front of the J, which you like might assume. Like Unchained. Well, like, yeah, like Django Reinhardt, but Django from her brand new release, which, again, the whole point of the Brian Oak Show right now is checking in, right? We're all on lockdown, except for Sean and I, who are sitting uncomfortably close, neither of us wearing pants, and, um, you know, we're risking this for you. We want you to have something to listen to, even if it means our end, although Sean does have a mask still around his, ma- uh, his neck and did come in with a tape measure Look at that thing. I, I love the peace symbol because I believe in peace. I really do. I've sure. never thrown a punch in my life. It just, somehow it seems menacing when you have it on your face. Have you received a punch? <laughs> uh, I did. I had my nose broken, but here's oh. the weird thing. I had it broken in a perfectly straight line, and the doctor, as I was laying there with gallons of blood <laughs> pouring out of me, he's like, you're a very lucky man. And I was like, am I? Do I feel lucky am right I? now? He's like, no, you had your nose broken, but it was broken in a perfectly straight line. We don't have to reset anything. I was like, hooray. <laughs> Yay, me. That was a long time ago. Anyway, that's Sean Bernard. I'm Brian Oak. You are in tune to The Brian Oak Show, episode 44. Before we get to Billy Morissette, I do want to thank our newest and still enduring sponsor, uh, Busters on 28th. Busters on 28th is, you know, I, I looked online, and they're described by a lot of Yelp reviewers as a gastropub. The word gastropub makes me want to punch a kitten and I, only because and i love cats i love cats you more do. than i love dogs you have jackson or ferrets oh sweet jackson in fact i'm sharing a picture of him later he and i laid on the floor this morning on uh, during the sunrise he woke me up very early i was very irritated until i got next to him and he's wonderful so no it doesn't make me want to punch a kitten but the word gastropub i feel sends the wrong message like i don't need <clears throat> extruded shrimp foam on anything, right? Like, just make it good. Like, if you have a bison burger or if you have an incredible breakfast sandwich, whatever it is, just make it really good. You don't need to go to level three art on all food. That's what I love about Buster's. Now, when they open back up, they are, in southeast Minneapolis anyway, they're they're unparalleled for their selection of both tap beer, bottled beer, and wine. They, they are it's it's radical in southeast minneapolis for what they do and they're right next to not to give anybody any free pub but they're they're literally next door to the baker's wife that coffee shop meets bike shop angry catfish they're in between the two of them also what the fuck is an angry catfish Nobody knows. Across the street from Bill's Garden, Buster's on 28th. Here's the deal. When they first decided they were still going to provide takeout, they were only doing it uh, during lunch and during dinner. And now they're doing it nine hours a day because it's been going so well. This is the whole point of this series of checking in is that you need to support these local businesses. Now, I know a lot of people are out of work. I'm one of them. (laughs) Hmm. Um, and so maybe you don't have the means to eat out constantly, but if you do have the means to eat out even occasionally, you've got to support, (laughs) you've got to support these businesses because a lot of people in the service industry find themselves, as we just talked about, furloughed or laid off or temporarily on hold. We want to have these places, not only for us to be at later, but for the good people who provide, you know, make all this stuff happen later. So busters on 28th.com is where you go. Don't spell out 28th. You don't know how to spell eight. Use the numbers two and eight busters on 28th.com. And don't forget curbside to go. That's their whole thing right now. Curbside to go. So they're not open to have you come into the business, but you can 
pre-order and go swing by and pick it up and it's nice and safe. But on the far side of all this, whether it's in a few weeks or in a few months or 2024, we should have a thing there. Because We're going to do a show over there for sure. The amp, the ambiance there is great. John, who we talked to just on the last episode, episode 43, is an incredible individual. And again, if you ply him with enough tip money, he might tell you one of the darkest secrets of one of my very best friends. He heard, he walked by as we were saying something so inappropriate, and he's brought it up to me every time I've seen him since. Anyway, thank you, Busters on 28th. Thank you, Audio Equip, by the way. They, they provide equipment for First Avenue. They provide equipment for anybody who needs to do a TED Talk. They provide equipment for people who have corporate gigs. They provide musical equipment. You know, and again, I'm not a technical guy at all, but they provide microphones and monitors and mixers and all the stuff you could possibly need. They very thanklessly have provided us with the the equipment that makes this show have the fidelity that it actually has, and they're wonderful people. Again, audio quip. Imagine shortening equipment to the word quip, audioquip.com. Nate and the entire crew over there are wonderful, wonderful people. Let's go ahead and talk to our next guest. That would be one Billy Morissette. Uh, first of all, Billy, how are you? I'm doing really well. Sean, Brian, how are you guys hanging in there? Good. You know, I mean, as well as can be expected, and that sounded a little too real, or as we usually do when I see you, you've been drinking. Um, <laughs> I, you know, Billy, 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 I early on, I decided was going to be our, our guest of the month that provided us with a brown liquor drink. And the, the heartbreaking thing right now is that we can't be sitting face to face. I referenced earlier in the podcast how there is this beautiful little artisanal jug sitting up in our studio that's says not for normal humans but you got this that that's that's what i think of every time i see you i'm like all right i can do this i you know i'm strong enough i'm strong enough to to ride the billy wave today and um wow the brian oak story you know it's Uh, that little bit of positivity that i try to bring you know when when someone is feeling down and maybe needs a little touch of the brown to get them back to even and trust me, man. I mean, you know me. That's that's the way it works out sometimes. <laughs> uh, Billy Morissette, in addition to being a dyed-in-the-wool punk rocker, guitar player for legendary Minnesota band Dillinger 4, is also a server at a, a two of my favorite bars anywhere in the Twin Cities. Well, was until very recently, Dark Horse and Muddy Waters in Uptown. Now, I may not love the direction Uptown has gone, in recent months, recent years, but Muddy remains an incredibly great destination and somehow has not been overrun by idiots. But I know that you now no longer are standing behind that bar, which in a little bit of a way breaks my heart. Now, I know you'll survive. I know you'll be taken care of. I know I will see you again on the other side of it. But what's it like for you? You know, I know that that rock and roll has changed, and I know that Dillinger 4 doesn't tour nearly as often as they used to, but still does. That's all been shut down, man. Your, Your venues to market, no matter what you like to do, whether it's talk to people or play maximum fucking rock and roll have been shut down are you okay man are you good i am i am doing okay you know i am very fortunate in the in the sense that my spouse uh sarah jean is still working so i still have an income coming into the house which um you know i know several couples that maybe um both people work in the service industry or you know musicians whatever where where there's no income right now so you know i am very very fortunate and i i realize how fortunate i am to if not at least be able to live comfortably at least be able to get by 
um, right now, which you, is better than than many people, unfortunately. Well, you still get to live indoors, and you still get to eat food, which those to me Absolutely. are the two the two bottom line things right there. Now, speaking of muddy, which you know, I, I used to work in St. Paul when I used to work for the Current, and I came to see you probably more often than I would like to admit because you know, suddenly the workday's over at one. I'm like, and someone's like, it's five o'clock somewhere. I'm like, fuck you, it's one o'clock right here, and I am thirsty. <laughs> um, I used to see you there a lot. I don't make it to St. Paul anymore, but I, I come to Muddy still on the regular. And I saw that Muddy, the Muddy Waters, by the way, right there, very close to Lake and Lindale. Um, Sims, who is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, married to one of the owners. Co-owner, yeah, 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 of the co-owners of Sims from Doomtree and Shredders um, is married to yep. one of the co-owners of Muddy Waters, and he built a safe space takeout thing right on the sidewalk there on Lindale. It's really cool, right? Um, Super cool. Protect um, the uh, employees in the bar who are you know practicing distancing as much as possible and delivering um, all all the, the food it, it protects delivery drivers walk-up customers anyone you know um, we have a safe barrier with minimal contact where you can call ahead and have it ready i think you can even and i might be wrong but i believe you can even just like walk up to a window and order and then just hang out in, in a in a safe distance and and get your food to go that way you know it's a it's a cool concept and um i think it's a safer alternative for everyone involved, which is something that everyone needs to explore right now, frankly. I couldn't agree more. And so what I said before, I mean, the reason we started doing this series on the podcast of checking in is because, you know, I'm worried about the people I know who are musicians, service industry professionals, work at nail salons, hair salons, flower shops, whatever the case is, you're not allowed to do that right now. This is an unprecedented time, but I I mean, I know how much you believe. The reason I like to have you on is, well, A, first of all, you know how to pour a fucking drink, and two is... <laughs> I, I poured myself I, one, sir. Yeah, well, same, <laughs> by the way, same. Um, I, I, you know, I know that you believe in the people you work with and those places you work, and I know how much pride you take in them, supporting people during this time. You know, I'm not, I, I know that there are a lot of people who are struggling right now, but people need to support the industries in our community to keep them alive. Just like we talked about at Buster's on 28th. They, they are a sponsor of the Oak, the Brian Oak Show. But I mean, other places and places that I love, even if you don't work there, it doesn't really matter where it is. If they have takeout service, if they have a safe way, to interact during this unprecedented time we have to support this community you love these towns like i love these towns i couldn't agree more and you know if there is any sort of possible silver lining to come from all this hardship right now i mean at least i mean let's let's open up these dialogues up you know on social media at least you know we see people talking about like well let's talk about like essential employees and let's talk about what really keeps this country going and it's it's service industry, it's truckers, it's, it's people who are your, your clerks. I mean, the people who are in the gutters there every day working for, frankly, quite a bit less than is maybe even a living wage. And, you know, these are the people that make this country run, not uh, some bullshit celebrity with, you know, influencer on social media, like, you know, the, 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 the vapid veil of celebrity hopefully starts to drop a little bit on this and maybe this realizes um a little bit more what what really makes this country tick and who who the important people really are which is the working class that are down there every day like breaking their ass 
to to make it happen. Absolutely. Son of a bitch, I miss you so much, man. I miss you. I, I'm going to be honest, Billy. Like, I used to see you on the regular, and I haven't seen you in so long, and I miss your level of truth, your love of really shitty horror movies. God damn, I miss you, man. I really do. Hey, dude, we're up against the clock. We've got to wrap this one up. <clears throat> but before we do, um, okay. I want I want to go out on this. And again, I know that you're feeling like, whoa, 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 we just got started. Trust me. We did. But when, but when we come back, when I can open this door to the Smart Start MN Studios again, to, yep. to live people, you're coming back and you're going to bring the most dangerous concoction you've ever made. Do you promise? Oh, man. Oh, I'll, I'll bring bips too. It might get a little drooly. the billy morris that story before we launch into this song though i do want to do um one quick plug something that i'm really proud of uh something that happened uh some of us here in the twin cities especially may have caught last night there was a uh live broadcast of the first avenue 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. and um uh, my friends uh sean tillman and his fiance laura uh hamar superstar they just did a project called coloring books for a cause um and uh the first printings just came out um you can buy a coloring book that features uh, local artists such as like Prince, Harmar, Doomtree, uh, Kushkaru, The Replacement, D4 is in it, um, Babes in Toyland, Atmosphere, Cactus Blossoms, uh, Lizzo, um, Brian Oak uh, alums such as Mark Malman and the Gully Boys are in it. And um, all, all the proceeds go to the Twin Cities Music Community Trust, which is uh, benefiting local music, um, event industry, workforce, employees. Um, Where so you can go we- online at coloringbooksforacause.com and check that out. It's really fun. I uh, get to color in a lot of your favorite local bands and really, you know, hopefully help some people out. You know, I used to, uh, a while back when it sort of, sort of popped up a few years ago, I thought adult coloring books were the stupidest fucking thing I'd ever heard of. However, <laughs> I, I hear you. But no, 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 no. But no, but here, I'm, I'm, I'm actually reversing my position. Where we're at now, I would rather do an adult coloring book than almost everything that most of my day offers. Uh, Billy, we are going to talk again very soon, I promise. And, oh, man, you and I are going to have a drink about it again in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Thank you very much. Billy Morissette of Dillinger 4 and also literally my favorite bartender in the Twin Cities. And I don't just say that because he pours a good drink, but it's kind of because he pours a good (laughs) drink. Um, Before we go... (laughs) I wanted to talk about this. I asked you, what do you want to play? Because every guest on here gets to play a song. And, you know, uh, I know that you saw online the loss of Adam Schlesinger hit me really, really hard. I, it was weird. It, it was unexpectedly hard. Like, you know, founding member of Fountains of Wayne, member of the New York Trio Ivy, who really was more about Andy Chase and Dominique Durand. He was sort of, but he was sort of the bedrock of both those bands, right? Like, he wasn't the lead singer. He wasn't the everything. But he was the guy who produced it. He was the guy who was the, you know, the the, the guy who, like, laid it down. He did the, the, the harmonies. And he... I, Again, this is a guy who is an EGOT-nominated person, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, and he's not a household name, but I've always loved everything that Fountains of Wayne did and that Ivy did, and it it rocked me, and you helped me remember. I kind of forgot that he was part of Tinted Windows. Now, the word supergroup gets thrown around a lot, but supergroup, I don't know if there's a better supergroup other than maybe cream than tinted windows because you've got James Eha of the Smashing Pumpkins, Taylor yep. Hansen of the fucking band Hansen, Adam Slashinger right? of Fountains of Wayne. And, 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 and th- this is where it gets the weirdest of all. 
the mustachioed, suspended drummer of Cheap Trick, Bun E. Carlos, <laughs> plays Don't drums. Don't forget the cigarette. Don't forget the cigarette. Well, again, but and also the little round glasses, but clear, not colored. Yeah. I mean, if someone had told me when I was 14, one day, the lead singer of a band you've never heard of, a, a teenage boy band called Hanson, and Bunny Carlos are going to be in a band together. I, I would have, I mean, I, so Tinted Windows, to me, I got to be honest, I haven't dug deep enough. Like, do you, is Tinted Windows worth the dive? Oh, absolutely, but but it's a shallow dive. As far as I know, they, I don't even know that they even played live, really. They may or may not have. Um, they may have just been a studio project, but as far as I know, they just did the one record. It's never been pressed on vinyl. Um, and what? it really kind of flew under the radar pretty hard. I don't even know how I got hipped to it, but the song we're going to play is just an absolute guitar-driven, hook-laden, like, power-pop classic. And especially when you go back and talk about the lineup, like, oh, great, Bunny Carlos makes sense. Adam makes sense. But, like, well, James, yeah, that's weird. But Taylor Hansen? Like, really? Like, but... Bun E. Carlos? Bun E. Carlos is on this record. How did that happen? It's amazing. Yeah. Who knows, man? That guy is a mystery. Well, you know what, Billy? You're also a mystery. I love you dearly, and we will talk again soon, hopefully sooner rather than later. And um, thanks for being on the show, brother. Absolutely. I look forward to it every time, and I hope you and Sean are both doing well, and uh, everyone, uh, all the listeners are hanging in there. Stay strong. We're going to get through this. All right. Do the, do the same thing. The Checking In Series continues on The Brian Oak Show, episode 44 right here. And before we got, dive into Tinted Windows, again, the lead singer of Hanson and the old, roundish, middle-aged, balding, mustachioed, <laughs> suspended drummer it's from so Cheap good. Trick. It's, 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 it doesn't make any, the math doesn't check out, but it still is amazing, and I'm so glad you picked this song. I want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank Busters on 28th. I want to thank Audio Quip. I want to thank everybody who's done anything to support this show, including our Patreon members. I promise we're going to get to la- back to live music as soon as we're allowed to hang out together. Also, thank you to my friend Sean. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much, and thank you to Billy Morissette. And here you go, the most unlikely supergroup, maybe in the history of supergroups, <laughs> Tinted Windows. Tinted Windows.